0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Passages of Summer Edition of The 7AM Novelist. I'm Michelle Hoover, your host. Now, we all know that the early pages of a novel or short story are really difficult to get right. So this summer, we're discussing the choices that went into a range of authors' first pages in terms of scene, structure, language, et cetera, and how those choices might help you with your own first pages. Today, we're very lucky to get to hear from Alyssa Song who is going to share the first pages of her debut novel, Little Rabbit. Good morning, Alyssa. Thank you so much for being on the show. Hi, thanks for having me, Michelle. Alyssa song Sirde is, is a fiction writer and editor. Her debut novel has won many, many awards, uh, including it was shortlisted for the Center for Fiction First Novel Prize and for the Penn Hemingway Award. And she was named a National Book Foundation Five Under 35 honoree. The novel was also named a Best Book of the Year by The New Yorker, The San Francisco Chronicle, Electric Literature, and more. She has been supported by Yaddo, U Cross Foundation, Lighthouse Works, and and others, and she is an editor for Electric Literature. All right, Alyssa, thank you again for being with us. Can you give us an overview of your debut novel so we have some sense of of the full storyline as we look at these first pages?
1: Sure, yeah, so my novel follows a young unnamed writer, she's in her early 30s, she's not named until a certain point in the book, um, who ends up in this like really intense um, relationship with an older male choreographer. Most of her relationships have been with women up until this point. Um, so the, the um, to fall into this relationship has been really shocking to her. And so the novel's kind of dealing with her feelings about that, her friend's feelings about that um, and what she's going to do with this discovery about herself.
0: Right, excellent. Okay, let's hear these pages. Again, we have the link to these pages um, up on the podcast notes so that you can follow along as she reads. Okay, great. Um, so chapter one. Um, okay,
1: She wore the same outfit as all the other dancers on stage, a plain leotard cut to show mus- muscle flex tight around bone. But unlike the others, she wore her hair loose and swinging, and that's how I knew she was special, a lead. I bought a ticket to the performance, even though I didn't know anything about dance, but I knew the director of the company, the choreographer. We'd been at a residency together in the Northwoods of Maine where I'd finished the edits for my first book, but I didn't know him well, I hadn't talked to him much. He'd annoyed me, dominating dinner with stories about his dance career, about becoming a choreographer. I'm not good at being someone else's puppet, he would say. I'm better at running the show. So I was surprised when, a little less than a year after our time together, he emailed to say that his company was coming up to do a few shows in Boston. It'd be nice if I could make it, he wrote, to catch up. I didn't reply, but still I bought the cheapest ticket and caught the crowded tea after work, ferried over the river into the glass and lights of the city. Leaving the station, I crossed the dark common and searched for the right spot in the bright bowels of the theater district. Slipping into the back of the auditorium, I expected to be confused, to not understand. I hadn't expected to be hollowed out and gutted, watching the long haired dancers swirling in the middle of the others. The surrounding performers stayed small and muted, offsetting her dynamic turns and leaps. Her spine curved, all coiled power, bright energy spitting from her fingers, her hips, and her feet. The pit of my stomach pulled up to my ribs, following her, reacting. Watching her taught me something I would need years to learn how to say. We're alone in a body, I thought. Our forms are hollow shells until our souls came to fill them. Then we bumbled, lost to each other, separate and apart. After the performance, I moved the crowd to leave, but then I saw the choreographer. He stood alone, watching the flow of spectators drifting toward the door. Straight-backed, alert, his training and discipline marked his body even when he thought he was alone. He wore his black clothing like camouflage, the beauty almost hidden until your attention engaged, then the noticing, the understanding, the elegance emerging from the build of his bones. I cut across the flow of people toward him. When he first saw me, his face didn't react, my identity failing to register. I panicked. Maybe he wouldn't remember me and I'd look like a fool. But then his expression broke into recognition. He smiled and hugged me so lightly, his arms barely pressed down on my puffy coat. You didn't reply, he said. I thought maybe you'd moved, that you wouldn't come. Sorry, I forgot, I said. It was wonderful, thanks for inviting me. His attention locked on me, letting go of the other people in the room. He kept brushing his hair back. What have you been up to, he asked, since Maine. Working, I said, what about you? We just wrapped a European tour. Standing in the stark modern theater lobby, I began to feel irradiated by his in-the-world glamour, a different hymn from the one at the rural residency. He looked right in that space, austere and clean. With him, I began to feel like the wrong species of animal, all slump-backed and shabby. I didn't have much time to feel awkward, though. Behind him, a hidden door cracked open and the dancers slipped out, washed and freshly clothed. Wonderful, he said stepping aside to let us face one another. I'd like to introduce you. He told them my name, how we knew each other, Maine. A wonderful writer, he said, and I grew hot, but she was always running off to work. Our nickname for her was Little Rabbit. I felt annoyed all over again. But why did he have to tell them that? Maybe coming by was a mistake. The lead dancer stood at the back of the group, her long hair spilling over the shoulders of her faux leather coat. She's going to freeze, I thought. A streak of metallic bronzer highlighted the slope of her cheeks. Are you going to come out with us? One of the male dancers asked the choreographer. No, he said. He gestured to me, we need to catch up. Usually I would have refused. I woke up at 5 a.m. every day to write before going to my office job, but I wanted to follow him. Maybe I wanted some of that glamor or to at least slip back into the brief time of the residency when writing had been my life. And I'll stop there. Thanks.
0: Wonderful. Wonderful. Okay. Thanks so much. Um, Did you always start with this scene when you first were drafting this book?
1: Yes, I always did. I always knew it was going to open with the narrator watching a dance performance and that her experience of the dance performance um, kind of startling her and like turning something inside of her. That's kind of the moment when um she gets pulled into this whole world and this whole relationship and i also knew it was going to be mirrored by something at the end which i won't spoil and talk about but
0: <laughs> um, and then what changes as you continue through editing it on your own or with your agent or editor what changes did you make to the pages um, as you kept revising them
1: i actually made very few changes this opening scene um actually so when I wrote the book, I, I guess I can talk a little bit about this drafting process, but the opening pages, everything with the choreographer kind of stayed in place um, when I was going through edits and also talking with my agent and my editor, but all the scenes around the choreographer um, went through a lot of shifts and went through a lot of refining and fine tuning. So I had kind of the skeleton and the bones of what I knew was going to happen. Like I knew that this first opening scene um with her watching the dance performance was going to happen and that there was going to be another scene at the end that would kind of call back to it um but what happened in between went through a ton of changes and it kind of changed the the why and the how of the actions if that makes sense
0: interesting so you had your beginning and your end which created a kind of circle And then some of my listeners have been saying, wait a minute, all these people are saying that they had their first pages right off and they kept their first pages just like that. And how did they do that? Because so many people revise their first pages or they find their first pages on page 200 um, and, and to be open to knowing that these are probably not your first pages. So is this normally your process or do you feel you just kind of, I don't know, lucked into it or you already knew what the book was about before you even started writing? Um,
1: I did not know what the book was about when I started writing, I will say that, like I, I had an image, like I had a a starting image and I had an ending image, but what those meant, I had no idea, honestly, Um, I had no idea who this character even was when I first started, I just had this kind of opening scene. So that was sort of actually the exciting thing about putting it down on the page and not knowing what was going to happen or where it was going to go. I I was kind of like learning this character at the same time as the reader sort of discovers the character. Like I kind of got familiar with her in that sort of same time frame. if that makes sense. Maybe a little bit longer, because it took a really long time to draft the book.
0: <laughs> what was your process? How long did it take you? I will say that
1: the, my drafting process with this book was a little unusual in that it was locked down. Like I started drafting this, I think like April, 2020. Um, so, um, and my work, my work was tied to like classrooms, So it shut down basically because of the pandemic and I had to kind of go on an unemployment for a little bit. So I had no time, no friend. I had no, no work, no friends, like, you know, just like an unusual amount of like free time. <laughs> so I kind of just like moved into this book and drafted it pretty quickly. Um, I'm working on a new book and the drafting process has been significantly longer because, life is back and now I have people I'm responsible to and like work and things like that and and the life again I have friends again
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love that because there's um there's a lot of different ways a lot of different ways into a novel that writers find and you were worked off an image um that you had about the beginning and the end. And so I just think that's important to highlight that even just an image or an idea of a scene can be the way into the book. Some people follow the idea of a character. Uh, Some people follow the idea of, well, this is kind of almost a situation as well. Uh, But the idea that you didn't know the character and you wrote to find her which again, as you said, is also the reader's experience. We're reading to understand her and find her. So there's kind of that mystery of who she is there that you are trying to discover as you write and the reader is trying to discover as they read. Um, And then how many many drafts? So I'm assuming, you know, well, I guess it takes us several drafts to really understand who our characters are. When did you feel like you really got her on the page? When did you feel like you really understood her? So...
1: So I can't quite put a number to the number of drafts it was, but it was several in, um, because I have this process that is a little bit bonkers and a little inefficient, which is that I write longhand first. And also I have trouble moving on from a scene um, until I feel kind of like I've gotten the right one. I think this kind of comes from like playing piano as a child where I I find myself sort of repeating things until I feel, until I have a moment where it feels right. Um, And so that's sort of what I did in the notebook. And then I got onto the computer, like I type it all up again. And then I gave it to a friend to read. He gave me feedback on it that was very important. And then I went back to the draft, the computer draft, and there were parts of it that I just rewrote by hand again and then typed up again. And it was in that second typing up that I sort of felt like I I knew her, that I kind of understood who she was. But she, she kind of immediately sort of surprised me or felt like her voice and her personality felt very strong kind of from the get-go, but I just didn't know what, where it was gonna lead me or, or, or what that was gonna result in. Um, right. Yeah.
0: And um, I, you know, I love that the long hand is is a wonderful way cognitively to kind of slow yourself down and, and to, to understand just attach to your process in a different way. And then the typing up, I think, forces you to defamiliarize yourself with the original that you had and kind of revisit it again. I mean, why why for you is the long hand important for you?
1: longhand is important for me and that first of all it cuts through some of my anxiety I think when I'm typing on a computer there is a little bit more of an expectation that it needs to like look really good or sound really good it looks a little bit more like a finished product whereas like my messy notebook it feels much more private like you know my my handwriting is really bad it's really hard to sh- I, I can't like spontaneously email my notebook to my like agent or, some, or friend or something there is just um a little bit of a barrier between me and the outside world when I'm writing in longhand that I find I need as like a protective space. Um, it just lets me experiment and be a lot looser yeah. and then typing up as you, it also just forces me to do like a serious revision pop multiple times, which is really important. Like that's kind of when I, I get to know the character, I understand what the whole project is about is this couple revisions in. And I used to be afraid of doing revision or I used to like find it too daunting to go. It's really daunting to go back and look at the project, but it it's kind of like where the magic happens or where everything comes together.
0: How did you get over that fear?
1: I just started doing this process. I think I might've taken it from Alexander G. I'm not really sure where I heard about it, <laughs> but just mm-hmm. like mechanizing the revision process helps me sort of undercut through some of that anxiety.
0: right? Right. Mm, Great. Okay. And then what's interesting here. So you say that the the character surprised you and it seems like the character also surprises herself yes, um, and then also surprises the reader. So we get this focus on a woman in the first paragraph, but then the choreographer keeps kind of wheedling his way in, almost kind of stepping in front of the female. And so this, this is a, this is a character that normally is, um, you know, involved in lesbian relationships. normally that's what her attraction is. and yet this man keeps kind of stepping in and stepping in. Um, and then, I mean, and he and he continues to do that though it almost seems like she's attracted to his glamour more so or what he stands for more so than he's attracted, she's attracted to him. How do you, how do you look at it?
1: I see his glamor and like what he sort of stands for as kind of being completely woven into him and her attraction for him. Like it's, and this is sort of something I was kind of trying to weave into the book, like this idea that, you know our attraction to people can sometimes be a product of our ambitions and our aspirations and our, our desires. I think you know, we have a little bit of a myth and and love stories that it's like, love is pure. And like, like you just like fall in love with like the right person, regardless of like kind of material circumstances. Um, And I have this theory that might be unpopular and might make people mad, but that like our material circumstances do kind of um, infiltrate our interpersonal lives a little bit more than we acknowledge. um,
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then, yeah, even this later line that you have, um, standing in the stark modern theater lobby, I began to feel irradiated by his in the world glamour, um, and and that's that's repeated throughout. Uh, and and because we later, there's another excerpt online that you guys can find at, at LitHub, which right. I guess is the fourth chapter. Is that right? I think so yeah, and she's going into his house, right. And the focus is highly on his house. It's almost like a still life. She's, she's really, she's so focused on the outward and, and his possessions in many ways and really focused on the idea of him as a dancer. And that's what seems to get her excited. Um, so it seems to continue through that whole idea. Um, why do you not name her? Because even by that fourth chapter, I don't think she's been named. He calls her Little Rabbit. Um, but why is she unnamed in the book or for so long
1: so she's unnamed for m- most of the book because I had this idea that a lot of the drama of the book was going to be internal and it was going to be about her figuring out who she is within this relationship and also like her figuring out who she is within the relationship like her friendships with the relationship she's bringing from outside and that you know the person we present to other people is not always the same as the person we present to ourselves or the person that we present to the public like you have all these different kind of versions of yourselves that are affected by the chemistry of like another person um you know that i that's this is how i kind of think of the self it's that it's like a squishier um version than than maybe some other people might think and that like the self she is with him is not the kind of the public facing self that she's presented throughout her whole life it's a different version that she's trying to understand and that she can't bring in that public self until she's kind of resolved something about their internal relationship so they call each other by so he's also unnamed throughout most of the book they kind of only through a lot of the book um they're only kind of known by the names that they have for each other or the way that she thinks of him because she's just still sorting out this internal conflict.
0: Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And then you also talked about so before we started recording, we were talking about, well, which pages are you going to read? Right, yeah. And I said, well, the whole shtick of the show is to read <laughs> the first pages. Um, but what's on LitHub is from the fourth chapter. Okay. And then what you oftentimes read in front of audiences, I think was from the second chapter you said. So why, why? you know, normally we're like, oh, these first pages have to be perfect. They have to be the thing that draws in the reader. And yet you kind of veer from that uh, and and the choice for LitHub veered from that. So can you talk about that? So, um, So the reason I read
1: the second chapter, first of all, it was a little bit of a, Way to challenge myself because it has a sex scene and I didn't want to shy away from reading sex scenes like I wanted to kind of force myself to do something that would make me feel a little uncomfortable um which results in me sometimes like stopping midway through a reading and being like oh my god what am I doing (laughs) um but like I wanted to, to kind of push myself to do that The second chapter also has like a little bit more of their dynamics. It also kind of takes her out of her sort of Boston bubble because she kind of lives this sort of cozy um, post-college life with like a lot of the friends that she's had from college. And the second chapter shows her kind of stepping out of it and shows her like seeing a rehearsal and seeing the dancers kind of moving and kind of continues a little bit of, you get a taste of it in these first pages, her reaction to seeing Jackie on the stage, but you get more of it in the second chapter. And so that's always sort of what I want to, present what I'm reading out loud, I just sort of felt a little bit, it, it feels like it's um, something I can perform a little bit more easy, easily, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Even though this, the first pages of this book are like kind of really important for setting up like, like who she kind of, how she kind of thinks of herself, you know, shabby, slump-backed, an observer, she's like um, a watcher, not like a body on the stage. And so like that dynamic was important to get set before I could continue on. Um, and so we-
0: the kind of stable ground situation, or at least the ground situation for her. And then the second chapter, it's a little bit, well, we get indications that she's being challenged here. Right. And, but the second chapter is when we really move into that, her being challenged and her kind of entering this new, the, the upside down world in a way that we call in, in novel structure. Right, yes, exactly.
1: Yeah. It's the moment when um, things get turned on their head.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, but we still need to have that that basic setup and it needs to be dynamic in some way. And I think we get that here because again, there's this play back and forth between him and her and she's noticing things about him and there's this sense of um, you know flirting with each other, which again, it, it just adds some stakes if we know that she's normally with women. Right. So we need that this relationship is going to stand out that this relationship is going to be different and so we kind of lean in to figure out what's going on with that excellent um can you talk then about your editing process with your agent and editor and how they approached this book and what it was like to what changes that you made for them what changes that you resisted right um
1: don't think they I don't think they actually suggested any changes that I resisted I, I, I everything and part of that was like being in a debut and and, and like talking to editors and picking the one that I, I resonated with the most which is also right. really cool. um and then the changes so as I said the stuff with the choreographer all felt sort of in place but the things with her friends and also how much we we're, we were going to show her own writing because um I intentionally have like some of her own writing throughout the book and it's intentionally kind of bad. <laughs> so because she's sort of in this it's like hard very to
0: do. that's <laughs> so you had to write badly.
1: A little, well yeah, a little bit. But then <laughs> uh, we cut those down a little. We cut those down really like, maybe we don't need this much. <laughs> and like getting the the relationships with her sorry my cat is joining this podcast. Um getting all the relationships with um that are outside of the choreographer right but like the world that she um, could be potentially leaving, like setting up the stakes for what she could lose. That was where most of the edits were sort of focused on. And it wasn't like I changed anything that ended up happening, um, like no actions got changed, but I, I went through and like rewrote like every scene with her roommate actually. Um, and like the actions were the same, but the the dialogue, the way their bodies were related to each other, like the, the meaning and in, in their actions shifted and changed and was refined um, in a way that I think really helped the book and like set up kind of like, what's like, what is she moving from? Like, what is she potentially losing? Um,
0: hmm. Interesting. And I do think stakes, I think that is something that we we find and grow in revision a lot because lots of times the stakes are are quiet. They're not... Necessarily on the page as much as they need to be, and sometimes we protect our characters a little bit and don't give them enough to lose. Right. Uh, so I do think that's pretty common. Uh, yeah. Looking back and and but not forgetting too that you also need to establish the stakes and that you need to go back and, and get that in your pages. Yeah. Um, and you said your process for your book that you're working on now is different. Yes. So what's happening? Well, it's different because you're not in the middle of the pandemic and not isolated. Um, but do you find it different in other ways?
1: Um, It's a lot long. Well, it's a lot longer, both because of not being in the pandemic and because it is a longer book. Um, I'm also regretting my notebook process a little bit, oh. actually, because um, I, I I've been struggling a lot with the final half of it. And so I've rewritten a lot of the scenes, but I can't find the ones that felt the right to me all all the time so I'm doing a lot of like hunting throughout my own notebooks and now I'm kind of like I really should have started typing this up maybe a couple notebooks in instead of waiting until I got through the whole draft so um it's been a little bit painful (laughs) in that way and also I am surprising myself by how much longer it is because you can't really you don't have a word count sense when you're writing by hand or I don't have a very good word count sense it turns out Um, and so that I sort of I'm I'm kind of wishing I'd, I'd broken up the typing up heart a little bit more instead of pushing myself to go all the way through a handwritten draft.
0: Yeah. I have a friend who's, who also writes by notebooks and I think he's on chapter like 99. It's, 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 it's edging into a thousand page book. And so he's yeah. like, he's like, I just need to get to the end before I figure out what I'm going to do with all of this. <laughs> um, so, um, he's not, he's not forcing himself. He's not limiting himself right in the early process, which I think actually is the way to go. um, Because you can really cut off some really important and creative moments if you edit yourself too, too early. All right, Alyssa, um, I'm going to have to let you go. And because I got to get these folks back to their writing desk. So everyone, you can find our full schedule on our Substack page at 7 Subscribe there for updates. You can also find our full range of podcast episodes on that page, including episodes from our past two writing challenges, as well as on any of your favorite podcast platforms. And if you like what we're doing, please follow, rate, and review the podcast so we can Reach other listeners. So, Alyssa, one last question: <laughs> What advice do you give to authors about their own first pages, particularly if you are questioning your own process? <laughs> um, <laughs> but that might be separate. But what what advice would you give to authors of how to get their first pages right? Um, get it down. Get I, I, even though
1: I'm questioning my own process, I do think like getting it down um, as much as you can and not worrying about it until later. Just knowing that like getting it just right is future use problem and future you is gonna have like a whole host of information that you currently do not have. And just trusting that and trusting like you're going to be when you get to um, the end of the book or the, the moment that you'll know it's time to like go back and start refining.
0: Is, which is the answer that I normally get from people. And yet I always wonder about the anxiety of letting <laughs> The unperfected sit. Um, And so you yourself said that you, from your piano practice, like to rewrite a lot of your scenes to kind of get them down. So how does that work in with finding your first pages or or working with your process? It's You know, in a way it is that I have to kind
1: of like let myself enter a space where like it's okay to be really messy Uh, it's easier said than done because, like I said, I I mentioned, like the piano practice my repetition this feeling of like i'm okay with doing something over and over and over again. Um, But then also. It's not that that when when the moment when I'm ready to move on is that it's everything is perfect it's just like a moment when things feel right or when I feel like I've reached some next stage it's still like a horrible mess and I'm going to like changed a lot later on but there's some kind of emotional um satisfaction that has been reached or understanding and then I'm I'm able to move on um right. But then just kind of like being trying to find a way to relax about it, which is easier than said than I'm really not a relaxed person. I do a lot of yoga to try to compensate, (laughs) but like being okay with repetition and mess and not knowing, which is so hard, but is kind of the only way to go forward.
0: The only way to go forward. Okay, let's end with that because I think it's it's good advice and it's something that all our writers are are dealing with. Um, thank you so much, Alyssa, for being with us. And your book is just absolutely gorgeous. And I hope people go out and grab it. Everyone, you can find the book on our bookshop lost, found, list and you can you find really it everywhere else. Thank you again, Alyssa. You the sand, like a leaf inside the wind.
1: And
0: you go where it tells you to go, but you never- in here.